You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today I have the privilege of interviewing a real-life Prince Charming, but he's an evil Prince Charming. All the way from Disney's Frozen, I have here with me Jake Smith. Hey Jake, how are you? Good, man. Happy to be here. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself a bit before entering all these crazy questions about your journey I have for today. Sure. Um, so my name is Jake David Smith. Uh, I was born in Richmond, Virginia. I grew up there, went to college in Elon, North Carolina. Uh, and then right after graduating college, I had the privilege of joining the Broadway cast of Frozen. Uh, in an ensemble track covering the role of Hans. And then throughout the next year, before uh, the pandemic hit, I got the opportunity to perform over 300 performances of Frozen. Um, I think 15 or so odd performances as Hans. Uh, and it was just a crazy, crazy whirlwind. Um, and I'm super grateful for all of the crazy firsts that it gave me. Uh, and we're going to get in, into all of that soon enough. So that's me. You are 23 at the moment, right? Yes. So you're 23 and you've already been on Broadway. So that is amazing. How did you start in theater? Um, so I could, I, I sang all the time as a little kid and my parents really didn't know like whether I was good or not or anything. And, and, and we went to this like humongous Methodist church that had like a big you know, like children's choir where you all wore like white polo shirts and like you stood and you sang like a nursery rhyme in front of the congregation or whatever. And my, um, like, like my parents' friends are like nudging them like, Jake's going to sing a solo. And they're like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And they look up and somebody's handing the microphone to me, like down the line of kids like singing. And I start singing and they're like, holy crap. Like, That's our This kid. kid can he sing. Can, he can sing. And everybody's looking <laughs> at them like, well, okay, like that's not insufferable as far as youth choirs go. Um, <laughs> and so from that point on, my mom, you know, tried to make me take piano lessons. I had no interest. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to play guitar. And I mean, all the while I, I grew up for the first, my first 15 years of life, basically thinking I was going to go um, to like a state school and play soccer and like play in the MLS. Like I did not grow up, you know, dreaming of being on Broadway. Um, but I grew up playing guitar and ukulele and singing and even writing terrible songs on my own, um, and performing them in, in middle school talent shows to haunt me for the rest of my life. And then, uh, <laughs> basically like I, my mom, like, signed me up for theater classes and this like overnight theater camp because my middle school choir did a musical every year and it was like whether you want to do it or not like the choir does it and you are a member of that cast and I was cast as like um the lead in like a junior version of some random musical which was like it was like you know a one act like 90 minute thing or not even 
And so she was like, all right, well, let, like, let's see. Um, and I did that camp. Uh, I did like a sleepaway overnight camp. And like, I was like, oh my God, all these people are so nice. Like, this is such a cool community of people. Like, I'm not being bullied at all like I am at soccer practice. I should do this more. And I had a guy convince me to um, do a local musical at that camp. And I did it. And I was, I think I was 15 when I did it. And I never looked back. I just like freaking dove right in and did like three or four different musicals a year. I directed plays. I went to more summer camps. I, you know, I was in show choir, barbershop quartet, chamber choir, the musical, the drama club. Outside um, of school, like I did other community organizations doing theater. And because I, I started at 15 and I was made aware that like you can major in this in college. And I was like, oh, well, like I'm crazy behind and basically just like made up for 15 years of not knowing like that this was my passion uh in four years and was doing like four musicals a year um sometimes three i I was in one point i was in three musicals at the same time and it was my mom looked at me and she was like we're never doing this again this is crazy (laughs) um and i was like that's fine (laughs) um but it was like an insane whirlwind of like hey what's up i'm the new guy like i don't know anything i literally couldn't sing you a single show tune and then like you know two years later i was like directing a play because i was just like just dove right in and was like this is my everything um so that's sort of like beginning to uh the beginning of beginning of theater to beginning of college my my theater experience and what was the most memorable musical you did since you were 15. Oh. Like, I mean, besides Frozen. Besides, but I mean, besides in your like pre-college. Big, I mean, um, it, had to, it's ha- it has to be either Little Shop of Horrors or um, Oklahoma, where my best friend from like four years old, um, Ben, it, we'll call him. Uh, well, that's his name. So we'll call him Ben. And uh, Ben and I literally like lived down the street from each other, grew up. We did all of the choirs together um, and we did all of the scholastic, like all of the like the school musicals and plays and choirs together. And our junior year, we got to be Seymour and Mushnik in Little Shop of Horrors. I was the tallest Seymour um, that should never go on stage again. And then he was Mushnik. And then senior year, we were Curly and Judd and like getting getting to like create and like play around on stage and like absolutely weave in inside jokes and like everything like with your best friend of like 10 years on stage um is like an unforgettable experience especially when things go wrong we had a we had a uh like a sound effect for a gun go off in oklahoma at completely the wrong time um and then like i barely held it together and then he we did the scene and he brought it back in with a joke. It was like, blah, 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 no misfires. And I just completely collapsed <laughs> laughing on stage in front of like 400 people who were all there. And everyone knew, everyone in the audience knew that Ben and I were best friends and that he was messing with me. And like, like they all erupted in like laughter and cheers to sort of like cheer Ben and I on. Cause it was our last show of our senior year of our last musical at our high school. And, 
it was just like it was like a movie moment it was like super duper memorable and 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 something that i am am frequently telling and retelling is that story of that missed gunshot sound cue and and all of the hilarity that ensued <laughs> that is awesome i mean those are the best memories mm-hmm. and let's talk about elon because i since i was very young i i looked for musical theater programs in the United States. And Elon was, and still is, one of the best mm. in the whole country. Yeah. So let's let's dive in into your experience in, at Elon. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know, or rather, I didn't bother to do a lot of research on um, schools because, like, basically the most talented dude I know from Richmond went to Elon. And I was like, well, if he's going to Elon, then I'm going to Elon. So that's that. And, uh, I mean, I auditioned at, like, Pace and NYU um, and um, some other places, some other great programs. But I don't know why. I had just, like, made it up in my mind. And I was like, I will either go to Elon or take a gap year and then try to go to Elon the next year. Like I was obsessed with the school um, because it was this like weird, like almost conservatory style training school, like in the middle of nowhere in the South. Um, <laughs> it was like very similar to the like sort of vibe of my hometown of, of Richmond where like, it was like very similar weather and like, you know, um, nature. And I knew I was going to feel like super comfortable there in all other ways other than theater. And so I was like, I want to like make my whole world. Like I, I mean, I was still behind, like I didn't go to a performing arts high school. And though I did a lot of theater in high school, like I didn't learn a lot about the art form itself. Like I, you know, I, I didn't know how to pick an audition song that was in the correct style of the show you're auditioning for like I was singing like love never dies for like Tarzan like I you know I like there's no reason but I was six foot and I could sing so my community theater was like sure whatever like give him a call back uh but I chose to go to Elon uh because I didn't I knew that if I went to school in New York that I would get lost and like preoccupied with things outside of my training and so I went to Elon so that I could like continue my pattern of diving in head first and just like absolutely consuming all of the information that I could. And I, you know, I even chose like not to minor or double major or do anything like that because I was just like, I, I, I feel like I'm so behind like technique wise, um, that I need to like make my entire focus, you know, theater, theater history, uh, you know, music theory, music theater literature and, and, and all of this stuff so that I can like come out of this process like uh, with like, you know, my head on my shoulders and, and, and not feel like when, I, when I'm in New York and I'm talking to somebody behind the table that I'm talking out of my butt. Like I'm, I, I feel like I need to know, you know, my world that I'm about to enter. Um, and Elon was a great place for that, man. I got some really, really good training they have great connections um, and the student body there really, really works together. Um, so I had like upperclassmen helping me um, find summer stock jobs where they were like, hey, like, have you signed up for this conference yet? Have you signed up for this audition yet? And like, 
this audition is coming to school. Like you should really look into them. Their season is really good for you. And I had people helping me out and there's like a, there's a, there's a real sense of family and community there, but yeah, I mean, just like any musical theater audition at any college, I, when I was a senior in high school, I auditioned, I sang a couple songs, uh, a couple super duper basic musical theater songs. Cause I didn't know any better and they worked cause I'm a super duper basic type. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And uh, it just, it, it it's a weird universe thing, man. It all worked out um, in my favor. And I'm so blessed and fortunate that, you know, the, one of the three musical theater colleges that I auditioned for accepted me. Um, and I just worked my tail off when I got there so that, you know, by the time showcase senior year came around, I had some options and I had some, some agencies to meet with and some auditions with, uh, different casting companies to go to and um it all it all led to the right spot to frozen so it was super cool to see that like i definitely made the right choice it's hard to argue with the results um and you know one year after graduation i was cast as uh the lead in between the lines off broadway which uh i would be originating a role in a brand new musical in new york city which is exactly what i told my agents that i wanted to be doing before I signed with them, you know, I, I sat down and I was like, this is what I'm really passionate about. I really, really, really want to create a character. Like my dream role is not to be Fiero. My dream role is to like be the first something. I don't really care what it is. I just like want to be a part of that creative process. And like, look, don't get me wrong. I want to be Fiero. Of course, <laughs> everybody wants to be Fiero. It's an awesome role, yeah. but, um, you know, I was really concerned with like making my stamp on the history of musical theater and like being the guy because everyone, you know, nor knows Norbert Leo Butts because uh, he's the original Fiero or Aaron DeBate because he's the first Gabe or, you know, Ryan McCartan, who I got the chance to work with in Frozen, who was JD and Heathers and like that he <laughs> him on that soundtrack is like iconic. I listened to it in high school all the time and then I got to do a show with him. It was super cool, man. And so Elon rocked as far as just getting an education and and um getting the right training and challenging me in the right ways and kicking my butt in dance class and kicking my ego to the curb it was great and which was the biggest lesson you've learned at elon like during all your training as a performer i would say i mean the biggest lesson i learned while in college isn't even necessarily like one I learned because I went to Elon it's, or like from Elon. The biggest lesson I learned in college is just from like doing summer stock theater around the country and um, seeing all the different types of performers that you run into and work with. And, and something that I realized my first summer was like, you know, this industry re rewards authenticity and being a team player. Like those are two things that no one is ever going to get tired of in any industry, let alone the theater industry. And um, I really like tried to take that to heart. My um, summer after my freshman year, I was like, you know, Tony and West Side Story. And I was like staying late and helping build the balcony that I was going to sing on the next day in rehearsal or, you know, uh, offering to help take out the trash with the stage manager at the end of rehearsal and, 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 taking other guys aside and like helping them run choreography or, or, or do stuff like that. And just, just trying to like 
not not take over the lead, but like lead in situations that called for leadership mm -hmm. and, um, you know, like not shying away from hard work or grunt work and not believing that I was above anything just because I was playing Tony in West Side Story. You know, like I was at a hundred seat house in South Boston, Virginia, in a non-equity theater making like $150 a week um, living in somebody else, somebody's guest room, like in the, in the town. Um, and like, you know, I just, and, and every summer I, I tried to adopt that attitude of like, all right, be the kind of person that they want to rehire that they say like, I want to bring Jake back next summer. And like, that is the biggest lesson. Um, and that's what, you know, I, I tried to take forward into frozen and in, into all my other professional jobs, whether it be new London, New Hampshire or Wichita, Kansas, or wherever the heck I was in the country. I just tried to like have the attitude of like, okay, like, you know, try to get rehired, you know, work, work, work hard, work smart and, you know, be humble and be the kind of actor that, that they want to keep bringing back. Cause that's how you'll pay the bills in the future, man. I agree. I totally agree with you. Uh, and it's awesome that all those things that you did on summers and in college uh, brought you into Broadway. Yeah, and, and you're where you're at thanks to all that training and those decisions you took mindfully about who you wanted to be as a human being and as a professional. Um, now I want to dive in totally into Broadway. You, you just said that the first thing you got when you got to New York was originating a character. Uh, well, uh, that was, well, that was the first thing I got like after Frozen. I got, I, oh, I, I got the Frozen. job doing Frozen while I was still in school, actually. So I, I had um, been doing uh, Elon's casting director showcase series where we bring down, we fly like an agent or a casting director to the school And then as, as a senior class, we dance and sing and act for them and then like have a meal with them and sit down and ask them a bunch of questions about New York, about the industry, about their lives to get them to know, get, get to know them as people, which is kind of backwards. Like a lot of a lot of colleges like come to New York and put their senior class like on a stage or in a studio somewhere and have them mm -hmm. perform for a bunch of people. We tried as Elon, like we that's the we I'm talking about, tried to like bring people and get a lot more individual attention. So as opposed to being like the guy who sang the lady must be mad in a white t-shirt on Tuesday, mm -hmm. I was Jake who asked him what his favorite hobby was or like what his favorite bar was in hell's kitchen at the meal after the audition, you know, like I got to make a personal connection with all of these people, which is how I ended up, you know, meeting my agent and signing with them before we even really graduated which um, is not unheard of at Elon. Um, we really, we work hard um, to forge connections with different agencies and agents um, so that when they come down, basically after spring break of your senior year, you're, you're theoretically, like it's not a hard and fast rule, but like you're not supposed to sign with anybody before that. And then on spring break hits and you go visit and sit down with these people and you get to talk to them, you're, you can sign with an agent. Um, and so after spring break, I signed with CGF and I love those guys to death. Um, they're the bomb. Um, and they worked their tail off for me and they, um, 
you know, use the connections that I made at Elon with different casting offices to, to create new connections and things like that. So the casting director for Frozen had was one of the people that Elon flew down. Um, and I auditioned for her um, for like, you know, a different project altogether uh, after that and, and, and did really well for myself. Uh, I didn't end up getting the job, obviously, but, but I, I put up a really good fight um, and I handled myself really well for a 22-year-old I think I was even 21 at the time, um, like flying to New York to audition for a, a, a workshop of a new musical. And so I went all the way through that process and just basically like proved to her and the rest of the people at Telsey Casting Company that like I could handle myself and I was the real deal. And so this um, job in Frozen opened up and I was like sitting in North Carolina and my agents gave me a call and they said like, hey man, you know, can you be in New York in 48 hours? We got an audition for you. Um, and I actually said, no, I was like, Hey, like I have my finals and I have homework and like, no offense to frozen at all, but like, that's going to be a $300 plane ticket round trip for me to buy in 48 hours in advance. Like I can't make this, you know, like this is unfortunately just going to have to be a casualty of the game. Like and that, that's not the end of the world. Like that happens a lot. People have to turn down auditions for life and, and unexpected things. And I had already um, done a few auditions in New York, one of which for Mean Girls National Tour that was happening, that was being cast around the same time as this mm-hmm. is all happening. And 20 minutes later, I get another phone call from my agents that are like, hey, how do you feel about being in New York next Thursday? And I was like, no, like I told you I can't come to Frozen. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> the Thursday after the Frozen audition, one week from then is going to be another Mean Girls callback. Like for Aaron, can you come to that? And I was like, oh yeah, like that's enough notice for me to tell my professors and get time off and do that. Mm-hmm. And so I agreed to that audition and like bought the plane ticket and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to go in for Mean Girls. Like I've already seen those people. I'm more invested in, 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 in this, I guess, you know, at the time I had, I had no idea the relative scale of, of job or whatever, but I was gonna pursue that one just cause financially it made more sense. Uh, and so frozen had the, the audition on Thursday, uh, and Friday morning, I got a call from my agent that was like, they're going to let you take which means like I just like stood in front of my cell phone camera and played karaoke tracks and like sang the harmony to love is an open door um, alone with no Anna and then like read read the scenes, you know, classics help tape. And I sent it in and they were like, great, they want to see you in New York. They know that you're coming for Mean Girls and they're going to like wait until you get here and see you for Mean Girls. Um, like they're going to like sing you in the morning or, or uh, maybe dance in the morning, then do your mean girls call back in the middle and then sing at night for the, for the artistic team. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, as long as I'm not paying any extra money, like two auditions for the price of one, this is awesome. And then the next day I get a call that's like, Hey, they want more time with you. They want you to come a day earlier. They understand that you're a student. Like they'll, but the, the, the bill for changing your flight, like whatever extra it costs, change your flight to 24 hours earlier, do that. And I'm like sitting at lunch in the dining hall um, with my buddies. And I'm like, I gotta go. And they were like, what? And I was like, I have to go home and pack a suitcase right now. 
like they want me on a plane tonight and you know <laughs> all of my friends going through the same process are staring at me with laser beams like i hate you but you know that the, they, they were happy for me and all of that good sportsmanship and stuff and so my buddies were like driving me home and helping me pack and i was like i need somebody to iron this shirt before i put it in the you know suitcase and then like drive me also i need someone to drive me 45 minutes to the airport and i do that um luckily my sister uh has an apartment in new york city my older sister and so i like showed up at her apartment after getting off the tarmac at like midnight and then taking a cab in from like LaGuardia and I like slept five hours like maybe and and my niece ran in and woke me up at like seven in the morning and because she's she's like two and she's wearing frozen pajamas and she like on accident my sister was like I didn't even know that you were auditioning for frozen like no I didn't know why you were here I just knew you had an audition so this cool serendipitous universe thing of my adorable niece is like wearing frozen PJs. She's like, Uncle Jake, Uncle Jake. And she runs in and jumps on the air mattress that I'm sleeping on in the living room. And I get ready and I and I sing and I do the thing and I, I sing the scenes and I talk to them. And then they're like, we want to hear more. Can you sing us something from your book? And I sing a little snippet and I sing real high and I sing real princely and I do the thing. And then they're like, great. So we know you have Mean Girls tomorrow. You're going to dance in the morning and then do the Mean Girls thing and then just like keep in touch if we need to see anything more. And I was like, great. Um, and so I went went home. I think I like got a burger with a friend or something. And like uh, the next day woke up and, you know, got my dancing shoes on, went down to down to uh, Pearl and, and danced and stayed and did this big partnering call where like you had to like put a girl on your back and like spin her around and then put her down again and like (laughs) i actually like pulled my groin like i pulled a muscle in my leg doing this but i was like this is broadway like you can't limp like you can't sit out like if you want this job you need to just do it and so i'm like sitting there basically like back squatting another human being like with like having like just like pulled my groin and i'm like I'm fine. I'm fine. And like, you know, like muscling through, um, you know, and thank God, like what, who ended up being my dance captain, Ashley Hale, um, is freaking awesome. And she's light as a feather. So I didn't like really injure myself too, too much more. But after that dance call, you know, they're, they're wandering around and they're like, Hey, like, what are you doing later? And I was like, well, I have the mean girls audition. Like we, everyone's well aware of this. What are we talking about? They're like, no, after that. And I was like, oh, well, I, um. I'm going home and take a, uh, and sleep a bit. Yeah, I was like, I, I actually like have a flight like home to North Carolina. I don't live here. Like I'm a senior in college. They were like, what? Oh, oh yeah, right. Oh my God. And I was like, yeah. So like, I literally need to be in a cab on my way to LaGuardia at like 6.45 PM at the very latest. And so they were like, okay, cool, cool. Well, um just like keep an eye on your phone. Like we're, we're probably going to want to see you again. And I was like, Oh, um, can I ask what for? They were like, I oh, don't worry about it. And I was like, Oh, well, like, here's the thing. Like, I understand that you might want to keep me in the dark, but like, I have to pack a suitcase and I need to know like what all I should pack and what all I should like leave available for me to wear to this audition. When I go home next to my sister's apartment, like, 
you know, like, am I going to need to like re-iron my dress shirt and like come in and sing? Or am I going to need to like go quickly wash these sweaty dance clothes at a laundromat and like come back and dance again? She was like, oh no, um, you're going to get measured, which means like measured for costumes. And then she quickly goes, I shouldn't have said that. And then runs in the room and shuts the door. <laughs> um, and so like I go home and I shower and I put on a, a polo and jeans and I try to look, you know, like a high school Neat. kid. And I go to my mean girls audition all the, all the while being like, I think I just got a job with frozen. Like, I think that's what that means. Beginning measured means that, right. You know? And I was like, you know, one of my other buddies was at this audition, um, for a different track on the tour or whatever, but I told him what happened and he was like, Jake, you booked. And I was like, no, that's not, they're just, they're just seeing, they're just going to see like what fits. It doesn't mean anything. And so I do, I do the errand thing and I go and then my agents are talking between frozen and mean girls. And they're like, look, like we need to, like somebody needs frozen needs a decision today. So we need to know if he's going to be Aaron or if, if, you know, he can go do frozen or like if he's available to do frozen, cause I didn't have a contract mm-hmm. yet. And Mean Girls uh, didn't go my way. Not the end of the world. Went a different direction. You know, say la vie. That happens. And, um, you know, my agent calls me. He's like, look, you didn't get Aaron. It's dumb. I hate them. It's in the past. And uh, which is like but... why I signed with them because he's hilarious. And Christopher, you know, Christopher was just made, like, I don't get it. I'm going to yell at them later. But right now we've got to figure out this frozen thing. <laughs> just sit tight. And I was like sitting in a Jamba juice on like 33rd and seventh or whatever. And, and, uh, I get another call. Where are you? I was like, I'm 33rd and seventh. He's like, well, okay, great. So go up, uh, 11 blocks and over one Avenue, ring the doorbell at the St. James theater, ask for Lisa Dawn. She's going to take you backstage to get measured for your costumes for frozen on Broadway. And I like lost my mind. I literally have a duffel bag in my hand, like ready to get in a cab to go to the airport if this doesn't happen or whatever. And so I run backstage and the, the stage manager's like, okay, like somebody on the phone told me that you have to leave this building in like 45 minutes. And I was like, you're correct. I am a student. Um, and I have an Italian literature final like tomorrow. <laughs> and so they're like backstage in the wig room, like all hands on deck, like wrapping my head to make molds for wigs. They're like measuring every three inches up my arms and legs for like boots and gloves and jackets. And they put um, like somebody else's wig on me just to like see what it'll look like. They're like, okay, great, great, great. Now run to costumes because they got to measure your head with a wig on um, so that they can measure your hats. And so I do that. And then they're like putting Ross's costumes on me because I what I did is I replaced a guy named Ross um, Leakites, who's awesome. And, uh, so they're putting Ross's costumes on me. They're like, oh my God, great. They fit. Like, um, we're going to have to do less work now because like you can't come back here between now and when you start rehearsal. So we have like a month where like, you're going to be finishing school before you join the show and where like, we need to be making whatever you don't fit into of Ross's for you. Um, and we don't really have time to like measure twice or whatever. And so like, I'm sitting there and like, you know, I took a little picture of my head in this, like, in this wig, and I sent it to my buddies, and I was like, I'm backstage at the St. James right now, I think I'm gonna be on Broadway, and, you know, like, I get, I finally, like, I get in the cab, and I'm just smiling, and I was, I smiled, I swear to God, for eight hours until I laid down in my bed at Elon, like, all, like, I was a weird, 
guy on the plane like smiling at everybody for no reason. They're like, what is with this guy? He won't stop smiling. He's like, you're in a New York airport. No one is supposed to smile in a New York airport. Um, and I was just like sitting in a cab, sitting in the, on the plane, sitting in an Uber the whole way home. I like told my Uber driver from, um, you know, Raleigh Durham airport to Elon. I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. And she was like, cool, man. I don't care. I was like, sorry. I just needed to tell somebody. Um, and the next day, you know, got a phone call with the official offer and everything. And, um, I got it in between classes, which was really cool. And so some of my friends were like, have you heard anything? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. And then like my phone rang and I was like, well, okay. I'm going to go outside <laughs> and like my, my buddies were like staring out the window as I was like receiving this news, like watching me pace mm-hmm. the sidewalk, freaking out. It was, it, I mean, it was just like the most awesome story that you can imagine for like a college kid who's like dreams coming true. It was like so one, one in a million, so crazy universe things lining up them, you know, being okay with me pushing back my debut in the show so that I could graduate. Um, like Disney was like super duper accommodating with that. My agents were basically like, Hey, look, like I know you've scheduled his put in, you know, to the show to be for May 21st. Um, they were like, Hey, I know that you've scheduled his, you know, debut for the, for the 21st. He walks in a cap and gown on the 24th. Is there any way like we can push it back? five days so he can like fly back and walk at graduation and then come back and keep rehearsing. And they were like, Oh my God, wait, no, like college. That's important. Like take the whole week. We'll just push everything back a week. And I was, it was like done. Boom. No questions. No, no grumbling, no um, animosity. They were just like, yeah, no, like that is a life achievement milestone. Like grandma is waiting for that moment. We're not going to take, seeing her grandson walk in a cap and gown uh, away from her, like, yes, we will put a swing into the show for a week in Jake's track and then just, like, push his debut back a week, which, which is what ended up happening. And, you know, literally walked at graduation, packed my apartment, uh, drove three hours to Richmond, repacked everything the next day and drove five hours to New York City, moved into a buddy's empty room in an apartment, Got a, like, got a sublet with him, moved into his room, and started rehearsal the day after that. So within 48 hours of walking at graduation, I was like at Ripley Greer with, or I guess that's not entirely true. There's a rehearsal studio at the New Amsterdam Theater. So I was at the New Am with this big sign that said Disney Theatrical Group and my binder that said Frozen Ensemble slash Cover Hans, Jake David Smith, like a big white binder, which I like I still have over there in the corner. And... You know, I was like, I was wearing a cap and gown two days ago. Like, this is totally surreal. It was, it was meant to be for you. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it, it, it was all the puzzle pieces fitting in perfectly for you. It was awesome. It was, it was, I mean, you just, you cannot ask for a better story for better, you know, timing and everything. It was, it was insane. Even with me getting an apartment that I was cleared to live in for a full year in like mm-hmm. a week. I was like, hey. Uh, I need a room. And he was like, I just booked a national tour. I'm going to be gone for a year. You can have my room. I was like, no way. I was like, when's your first day of rehearsal? He was like, May 24th. I was like, me too. And so like on the same day he moved out, I moved in. 
he got in a car to Philadelphia to join the tour, and I got in a car, a, a pickup truck, my, my dad's pickup truck loaded to the brim with all of my crap from college, just shoehorned it into a New York City apartment and called it a day. That That is insane. I mean, I, I really got happy and genuinely excited of you telling me this story. <laughs> ah, thanks, man. It's, it's a fun story to tell. It's It's super long and involved, like... Whenever I do any interviews or anything like that, and someone's like, how did you get the job? I'm like, oh, God, buckle up. Because uh, <laughs> it's not like, you know, uh, well, I was living in New York and I was auditioning. I auditioned, I did a callback, and then I was in the show. Like, you know, it's like, it's it's not straightforward at all. It's very convoluted and involves taping and saying no and flying and another show entirely and all this crazy stuff. But, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. My head was spinning and I, I, I luckily like didn't have time or mental energy to get nervous about the auditions because I was so yeah. preoccupied with like getting to New York and like not getting lost <laughs> and like, you know, showing up to the right studio at the right time for the right show and like what room Frozen was in versus what room Mean Girls was in or whatever. I was so preoccupied with the details that I didn't understand the gravity of the situation and therefore like couldn't get super nervous so it all helped, really. It was the universe conspiring in your favor. Mm, definitely. What are the pros and cons of working in a Disney musical? Um, well, I'd say the pros is definitely, like, veteran leadership. Like, all the way across the board, from your head carpenter, your props master, your stage manager, um, you know, your set designer, your costume designer, your wardrobe team, like, Working on a Disney musical means that, like, the best of the best people were hired to do those jobs, um, which means, like, whenever I was, like, a fumbling idiot backstage, like, not really knowing what protocol was or not really knowing, like, where to stand when, like, there was somebody to put a hand on my shoulder and, like, guide me through the situation. Um, and it also means that, like, you know, when you do a Disney musical, like, a lot of the cast is also, like, Broadway veterans. So even even though... I mean, obviously, Casey Levy and Patty Murin are legends. Those are, you know, the two lead women of the show. I don't necessarily interact with them a ton. I did um, have a lot of backstage traffic with Patty, though. So that was a really fun time where I got to, like, bond with her. And I was like, you know, oh, my God, like, you're Patty Murin. And you're talking to me during my quick change right now. And, like, <laughs> making fun of me and, like, cracking jokes. Um, and then, of course, getting to go on as Hans with the two of them and being like, I listened to you in high school, like on Broadway cast albums. And like, now I'm saying lines at your face and you're saying them back to me. Um, but like, obviously, that's a huge pro of like being like everybody around me is not phased. It knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So without even like having to 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 like teach me a lesson, I was learning lessons every day, like without being taught them. Mm -hmm. um, and then some people were directly teaching me lessons because I needed to learn them. You know, whenever I had a question about an audition for another show, like while I was in Frozen, because like while while Broadway actors are in shows, they're still auditioning because like nothing is guaranteed. You don't know when the show is going to close. Uh, and obviously, like you want to keep climbing the ladder. If you're an understudy, you know, your agents and you want you to be playing the lead role in a different show if you can. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I would get an audition that I was like, oh, my God, like I've never auditioned for this person before. Do you think that playing guitar would be like a good idea? Like, should I bring my guitar to the studio? My buddy Austin was like, no, um, like they don't really like that vibe. I would just like sing a normal song, you know, and like I had I had people in my corner who'd been in the industry a long time, like to answer all of my dumb questions. 
And also, like, give me a bunch of ret- restaurant recommendations and be like, you know, here's where the best chicken wings are. It was the bomb. Uh, like, seriously, like, I like I feel like I came out of that experience with a bunch of crazy aunts and uncles because I was, I mean, I, I was the youngest person in the cast, for sure, at 22 years old um, by, by a few years. And I was actually, uh, Jeremy doesn't like this story, Jeremy Davis, but I was closer in age to the girl playing young Anna than I was to my fellow ensemble member, Jeremy Davis. I was 22 years younger than Jeremy Davis and only six years older than the girl playing young Anna. So it was a very funny juxtaposition because like, you know, the young Anna is like 14, 13, 14, and I'm 22. I guess eight years older, uh, math. Uh, But you know, Jeremy Davis is 44 and I'm 22, I'm half his age. And so, you know, we had, there was also another actor named Jake Smith in the production. So I was Jake Jr. And he was Jake Sr. Or Big Jake, Little Jake. Like there were like all these, there were all these names. I'd like call him dad as a joke. I'd be like, dad. And then, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely like, I, I just got to learn from the coolest people and the people who are the best at what they do. Like Jeremy Davis, I mentioned him early, like a second ago, like, you know, had the Broadway legacy robe. Um, like he has, he has like, you know, a million Broadway credits and is the most professional and wonderful person to work with in the entire world. And I got to see why firsthand. I got to learn from Joe Carroll um, when he was Hans and, you know, he, this is, you know, his third Broadway show or, or more. And, you know, just you ask somebody what they think of Joe Carroll and they're like, he's the best. He's the best guy to work with. He's so kind like, he's so cool. He's so genuine. And I was like, well, that's how I want to be spoken of when people ask. So I, you know, I, after like a couple of months on the show, Hans doesn't interact with the ensemble at all. Like there's no backstage traffic. There's no time, downtime in the show where you're like sitting and you're like, so Joe, like what's going on today? Like, you know, you, you just don't cross paths. It's the way the back, backstage traffic, you know, just worked out. And so like Joe and I were walking into the theater and I was like, Hey man, I've been your understudy for like three months now. And I literally don't know anything about you. Like, do you want to get a beer this week? Like, do you just want to like go after the show? I want to know about you and like ask you some questions about Hans. Cause like one of these days I'm going to have to go on. Um, I'd love to like talk your ear off for a moment. And then like that became like a cool thing that we would do sometimes is I'd be like, you know, Hey, uh, and we'd even like try get the other Hans and understudy Anthony in on it. We'd be like, Hey, we're going to team Hans is going to have a meeting or whatever. We're going to go to the bar down the street. Like you want to come? And like, we'd meet up cause you know, Hans doesn't get a lot of interaction with like the rest of the show. So it was cool for him to like, see what the rest of us were up to. Cause like, he was like, I don't know. Like, do you, are you guys enjoying yourselves? Like, is it, how's the vibe backstage? <laughs> so we just got, to, I, I, you know, he swung, um, one of my favorite shows of all time once. And so most of the time I was just bothering him with questions about once um, and what it was like to like play all those instruments and do all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I just, the people is basically what I'm getting down to was the biggest pro of working for Disney and, and on Broadway in general is, is the family and the people and, and the leadership is really, really, really awesome. How have you been keeping active during COVID? Because uh, Frozen closed thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, um, you know, I've been all over the place. I was in Florida for a little while, and then I was in my hometown in Richmond, um, living with the parents. Uh, 
I um, am super passionate about physical fitness. Uh, I, before moving here, was planning on becoming a personal trainer as like my day job while I was auditioning. You know, I I have been exploring different areas of fitness, like functional fitness and and, and CrossFit and, and um, yoga and like other stuff and just like diversifying my fitness portfolio, if you will, and just, you know, keeping physically active. And then as far as like keeping artistically active, um, I actually like picked back up the guitar and started writing music again. And I had completely forgotten how much I love doing that and how like that absolutely feeds my soul artistically um, just as much, if not more than musical theater does sometimes. And because of my like dive in headfirst nature, I had almost like abandoned that part of my life in the pursuit of becoming, you know, proficient at the world of musical theater um, and learning all the information that I, I was behind on. And so like uh, I've, I've written an EP and I'm going to record it and get it produced um, by some really, really cool people. I've got awesome friends who have awesome siblings and who have recording studios and going to try to get this team effort together and sort of like put something out there for the universe. That's been like my dad's dream for me forever. Of course, my mom is like, I just want you to be happy, son. But my dad is like, dude, <laughs> you and your buddies should start a rock band. And I'm like, dad, it's not 1975 anymore. Like, <laughs> like there are other things you can do if you make music. He's like, yeah, but how cool would it be? He's like, I found this song and your roommate Logan should sing lead on it. But like the guitar looks like you could handle it. It doesn't sound too hard. I'm like, thanks, dad. You know, I'm like Broadway, Broadway at 22 wasn't enough. You're not going to be satisfied until I'm in a rock band. Um, uh, and of course, I'm teasing him and he's teasing me or whatever, but he he. I think genuinely he'd be way more excited. And this is nothing like he's such a proud dad. He wept uncontrollably at my Broadway debut. Like my, my dad is six foot four, 300 pounds of like mustache and, and, and gruff. He's, I like to say he's like the real life Ron Swanson, um, only very liberal and, and blue and, uh, a hippie. Uh, but like, he's, he's like a very stern, like he, he talks down here and he's got a very firm handshake and, and he's this like big tough guy. And he just like, he just, he just picked me up and like engulfed me in his giant arms and just is like sobbing on stage at the St. James. It was just like, I'm so, so buddy. And I was like, dad, take it easy, man. Like all my friends are here. Um, <laughs> But so like, you know, obviously like he's a very proud dad. I say all this not to embarrass him, but to, to, to prove to the internet or whoever's listening that my father is in fact, you know, supportive or whatever. I don't want, I don't want anyone uh, thinking that he's not, or him, him hearing that he's not from anyone on the internet. But um, he, like, I swear to God, like once a month we'll be like, hey man, like you should play this song with your roommates and a gig. I'm like, there's a pandemic. Like, where are we going to play this song, Dave? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. Like we collaborate all the time. Everybody in my apartment has, like, like I said, like four guitars. It's obnoxious. Our neighbors hate us, but we have we have a good time um, doing covers of songs and and fun stuff on on Instagrams and TikTok and all of the social medias and stuff. But yeah, that's that's how I keep active. Is as I you know, I play, I write, I uh, you know. I think I'm hilarious, so we write 
jokes and we write theoretical sketches and you know i'm living with my three best friends in an apartment in new york city and that is enough chaos to keep me preoccupied in itself on top of all of the music that we all create and you know the guy the guy neighboring this wall is writing a musical and the guy neighboring that wall is an agent and then the guy on the other side uh does stand-up comedy and also musical theater and so like we, we all are always up in each other's business trying to collaborate and, and help you know tweak this joke or like add a new chord to this song in this musical or or uh why don't you change this verse around on your ep jake or like you know we we all we're it's a team it's a team effort here um so i'm, I'm kept very busy um it's cool that's awesome um when are you planning to release your ep I mean, I, I, you, you just said it's unrecorded at the moment, but yeah. when can we expect music from you? Uh, that's a very good question. And I also don't know the answer. Truly, like, I have never embarked on anything like this. Uh, I, have, I, I do not know anything about this world because I've had my head buried in the musical theater sand for seven years. Um, and so... I can't imagine that, that, you know, before the world reopens, we won't have music. Um, it's like five or six songs on an EP. Um, I want to get going. I want to get moving. I'm, you know, hopefully going to be able to put something down in the next month and release a single uh, and then get working on an EP. So, like, I, I truly, by, by the middle of March, like, I want to have a single. Um, but, well, I mean, it's just going to have to see because also, like, I'm working on the charity of other friends You know, I can't like demand that everything be finished and edited by March 15th because like, you know, they've got other lives and other jobs and stuff like that, too. So, um, but I, geez, you know, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I just know how to play guitar and sing. Before we go, first question, where can people find you? Um, cool. Yeah, I'm jake.david.smith on pretty much all platforms uh i think maybe on twitter i'm like jake david smith too or I, i'm not sure I'm, i'm i mean it's a fairly common name it's not super hard <laughs> to spell or find um but definitely jake david smith on instagram is where like most of my attention goes i rarely tweet anything especially anything worth reading um and then on tiktok i am jake david smith as well so you know follow me it's a crazy ride it's fun seeing because uh, i take a lot of stories and videos of like people Life. doing dumb stuff in my apartment last night <laughs> we had five people in my bedroom because i don't know it's like two people two different people holding guitars one sitting on the bed singing and the other had boxing gloves on because why not Why not? <laughs> you know, uh, and I was like sitting and I just pulled out my phone and I was like, this, the internet needs to see this. This is a good time. We get off to all kinds of wacky stuff and be fun. And last question, a no brainer. Your top five favorite musical theater shows go. Okay. Um, <laughs> a t a tied for first are West Side Story and Pippin. Then I'd have to say, oh man. Oh, this is not a no-brainer. How dare you do this to me at the very end out of nowhere? Um, oh, 
I mean, I... I love the mental chaos I create every time okay. I, I ask this question. So tied for first and second, I guess, would be Westside and Pippin. Um, I love Catch Me If You Can. Um, I understand that that's not, like, widely beloved. But then uh, American Idiot. Uh, I know, right? It's I so good. I love American Idiot. I got to do American Idiot a few years ago. Love that show. Um, and then let's say, is that, is that four? Yeah. Five is going to be wicked because if you like musical theater, then you love wicked. And there is not an argument to be made against that statement. I will not hear it. Uh, (laughs) wicked is objectively an amazing musical, uh, for all, for all ages, shapes, sizes, creeds, you know, everything, uh, wicked is awesome. I just, you know. It's the quintessential, like, most, like, musical theatery like, musical, but it's just, it's, there's a reason why it is so <laughs> beloved, and it's because it's yeah. so good. It's, when you get down to the bare bones of Wicked, and you analyze it, like, it's just a brilliant show, and it's, it's, it's always a good time, you know? No one leaves Wicked unhappy. Well, Jake, thank you for being here. It's been amazing knowing your story, uh, knowing your journey on Broadway. And I know that big things are coming your way, uh, not only on Broadway, but everywhere. Um, Thank you so much. So, so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.